Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment, weekly concert listings, weekly event listings, the environment, travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader, free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. All right, everybody. Hour number two of your Ben Jarofsky show for Thursday, February 4th is brought to you by... The Chicago Federation of Labor, SEIU Healthcare, Illinois, Indiana, and the Chicago Reader. Vinny J, take it away. Well, it was about two years ago. I've lost track of time. Uh, when I was working for a radio station whose name I can't remember before I was fired, uh, I would do these Meet the Candidate shows uh, throughout Chicago. It was a great, I got to give that radio station credit. It was a great idea. I love doing it. Steve, the ad salesman, a shout out to you. Uh, anyway, um, one of the uh, candidates I met was Heidi Henry. Blew my mind. <laughs> she blew my freaking mind. She was as lefty as I was, and she was running in Trump country. And uh, I, Heidi, I can't remember how many times you're in the show. And then through Heidi, I met Murray Briel, who's also as lefty as I am. And she's running in Trump country. And she ran for the right uh, to run against Adam Kinzinger. Uh, uh, Murray ran in the de- Democratic primary of 2018 to run against uh, Adam Kinzinger. Uh, and so they are partners uh, in the Heartland Mamas podcast, dear friends of mine in the show. So Heidi and Murray, welcome back. It's been too long since you've been here. And uh, be happy that it's uh, on this very snowy day. You don't have to schlep in from the hinterland uh, to our beloved little studio uh, in Chicago. But Heidi, I'm going to start with you. And then Murray, you weigh in. You guys know the the rule. One person talks and then the other person weighs in. You have your own podcast. I've been thinking about you, Heidi, for over a month since Adam Kinzinger has emerged uh, as a major figure on the political landscape as one of the only uh, Republican elected officials and maybe the only Republican in Congress, uh, actually Congress as opposed to Mitt Romney, the Senate, who is uh, voting uh, to impeach uh, Donald Trump, denouncing the insurrectionists, um, denouncing Marjorie Taylor Greene, coming out strong for... uh, taking over the uh, Republican Party, removing it from the hands of the lunatics who run it. Uh, When I first was espousing my uh, appreciation to him for it, you chastised me in a, uh, 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 what was it, Uh, a text message that I was too easy on him. I'd have been meaning to bring you back to get you to get your thoughts on Adam Kinzinger and uh, the Republican Party. So Heidi Henry, the floor is yours. You know, Ben, ever since, ever since he started this, where he's 
trying to to be a moderate with a guy that has voted with Trump over 90 percent of the time, whose office I have stood in front of holding protest signs more times than I can remember because he voted to take away health care. He voted to put kids in cages. He voted uh, was in favor of the Trump tax scam that's going to make my taxes go up uh, when I file my taxes later next month. And um, so for all of us in the indivisible groups that have stood there and stood up to him in the 16th district for him to finally say something that we agree with. I'll tell you what, it's really difficult. Uh, It's like a cold day in hell when I would ever agree with Adam Kinzinger. Right. So when you went easy on him, I was like, are you kidding? He is like from the farmer in the Dell, the cheese that stands alone. You know, he can't commit to anything and nobody wants to touch him because the us lefties out here, we don't like him. We I would say we hate him. You know, we don't hate easily, but he he was a Trump neophyte. I mean, he was a, a sycophant. He was horrible. And if the election had gone the other way, as I told you in that text, we would be bombing black and brown people to make Adam Kinzinger happy because that's the kind of guy he is. So, Murray, (laughs) you know, um, I have to say, I'm right on there with Heidi. In fact, you know, looking at those folks coming out now, um, it it almost feels like a pit in your stomach, knowing that the people who are pretty horrible are the best thing that they got right now. And you, you, you have to give them some credit for standing up for something, but I know that it's not standing up for something. I don't think when it comes to Kinzinger, it's an, it's being an opportunist. Yes. So he saw the writing on the wall. You know, he has uh, a lovely new wife who is in PR, who's been in the D.C. circuit forever. Uh, there's rumors about him wanting to run for governor. It's I don't believe it's really ever been governor. I think it's always been Senate. Senate. And you know that he tried to get Trump to give him the secretary of the Air Force, was it, Heidi? Aviation, I think. I don't remember now. He tried to get a secretary position from Trump and Trump ignored him. He tried multiple times fawning all over him and he ignored him. That's the only reason this petulant little turd, excuse my language, is even coming out with that courageousness. So now he sees all the corporate sponsors dropping off, right? All the packs dropping off. He knows there's a, a wheelhouse for it. He knows they'll be looking for someone to turn that to. So he yep. pops up, hoping that he can regenerate, get some national attention, pull in donations nationwide, then run for Senate and out Tammy.org. All, all right, now, done, uh, let me come. Let me respond, and then uh, I, I don't care who goes first. I want to hear from both of you, uh, the Heartland Mamas, uh, Heidi Henry and Marie Briel. Um, I, I hear you, and I remember I read the uh, not only read the text, uh, Heidi, when you sent it to me, I read it on the air. In fact, let me call it up right now so I can read it so it's fresh, <laughs> in, every, uh, fresh in everybody's mind. Heidi, you're uh, always getting us in trouble with your text, man. No, no, I was with her 100. percent. I, I, I get it. Because I struggle with this as well. Uh, I, I, I struggle with, like, if somebody does the right thing, and as Murray was saying, uh, you kind of sense it's for opportunistic reasons. Does right. it really matter 
if they're doing the right if they're doing the right thing for wrong reasons doesn't really matter as long as they're um doing the right thing where is uh oh here we go uh ben are you kidding on kinsinger he would have this was december 16th good god <laughs> we've been talking about this for almost three months no two months two, two months. months yeah ben are you kidding on kinsinger he would have authorized the bombing of black and brown people in our own country he is an orange nose sycophant the fact that he is trying to be credible is incredible because he isn't. He's a total waste of skin and oxygen, a complete <laughs> waste of time. And he has to be one of the worst members of Congress Illinois has ever had. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's a, yeah, I got a. Okay. Go All right. So, uh, Murray, you got, you want to take exception to any point uh, she made? <laughs> I'll have to see the heart yeah. of mamas go at it. Go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I guess if you're talking about reptilian space creatures hiding inside of humans, yeah, he's probably one of the worst members of Congress. But if you're talking about um, actual abhorrent policy development and propagation, then no, I don't think he's even close. Uh, He'd take away a woman's right in a heartbeat. You know, he's definitely on the conservative right wing path, but yeah, and my thought was, oh my gosh, what happens if he he tries to become a Democrat? Oh no, no! we get rid of Lipinski. We don't want oh him. <laughs> no, 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 we don't want him. I, we had it took us forever to get rid of Dan Lipinski and Kinzinger, and yet we. I have Democratic friends or people who I know vote blue, no matter who, all the time that have written to me, emailed me, messaged me and said, hey, your congressman's really making sense. I'm like, are you kidding? He is he will go anywhere the wind blows. And his new wife is a PR genius. She loves the Washington social circle. And she's an you know, up-and-comer in the Republican Party, a, la- a Latina up-and-comer in the Republican Party one to watch. So, and she, she wants to be part of that. So her whole thing is let's increase my social circle and push this sycophant forward, make him moderate and, or appear moderate. Because once he gets in, if he's elected and takes Tammy Duckworth's place, oh my God, we're, we're screwed, you know? So when you asked the question, you asked Heidi and I, you know, well, isn't it that even though he's doing the right thing, shouldn't we'd be happy they're doing the right thing for the wrong reason. But that's why we are always in the same spot we are. Yeah. Because their intent may be fine now, but the wrong reason will guide them moving forward. So they will always be operating under the wrong reason, just done in a wolf in sheep's clothing type of way. Mm. You know, I think um, I do have to give, okay, can I, can I segue real quick? I'm so sorry. Uh, I Mitt Romney introduced a bill that was really really good and i and and uh, i think it's the first bill i've actually seen the republicans put forth that wasn't destroying something and it is uh, and it's it's the answer for the stimulus or the relief package and it would be a child credit distributed evenly without having to meet those thresholds Mm -hmm. for every child every month and it would reduce a lot of other uh it was a no a balance free uh exchange so there would be no uh my brain is flaking you know what i'm talking about 
Yeah. It won't cost anything because the costs are being cut in other ways. And the ways that they're cutting mm-hmm. costs make sense. Not like, hey, let's rip pacifiers out of babies' mouths and sell them to another country. You know, not like that type of. And and I thought to myself, holy moly, Mitt Romney is now the voice of reason and logic and not like a Kinzinger, but he actually is like building this center thing. And, and I didn't know whether to celebrate or cry. It's a little weird. Well, it's very weird. Uh, so much stuff uh, you guys have given me uh, to think about and respond. Let me try to crystallize it. Um, I hear what you're saying. I really do. It's it, I, for me, it's for you. Cause you live in the 16th congressional and deal with Adam Kinzinger on a regular basis. It's more real to you. Yeah. For me, it, it's Liz Cheney. That's who I struggle with because I remember her daddy, uh, Dick Cheney, and you talk about reptilian as the (laughs) vice president of the United States who engineered um, a clueless George W. Bush into two wars, which we're still we're still um, paying for in many ways across the board. Just the notion that somehow or other a Cheney is someone I should be applauding. Uh, So I feel you. I hear you. I feel you too. I know where you're coming from. And let me just say this. On the other hand, I was very, I took very serious that insurrection. And we can get into AOC in a little bit because she's on my mind. But it was a scary moment. Yeah. And I, I, I share AOC's fear, uh, Alexander Ocasio-Cortez, his fear, uh, the violence that's part of that rhetoric, um, yeah. the sense of martyrdom and victimhood that's part of their rhetoric. The, uh, I, Murray, you're, it's like comes from Mars. <laughs> These whacked out weirdo theories that QAnon people believe in. If you refute them in any way, they immediately say, "Oh, that's you're just re- mainstream media is all made up and fake news, and it's the enemy." So, I I take very seriously the threat that that ex- that that represents, and when I see anyone within the Republican Party, even someone like Liz Cheney or Adam Kinzinger, who I don't have as much of a revulsion for as Liz Cheney. Uh, I'm like, I welcome, I just have this instinctive welcome that because I think the other thing is such an existential crisis that I'm willing to put aside my disagreements, passionate though they are with Liz Cheney's and Adam Kinzinger of the world at that moment. Heidi, your response. Well, yeah, I look at it this way. Somebody's going to have to rebuild this mess and you know, somebody's going to have to bring them back to regulating women's bodies and uh, funding corporate America and polluting everything. Somebody's got to bring them back to the core Republican values, right? So aren't Romney, Cheney, and uh, Kinzinger the perfect people? They represent that. I mean, Cheney couldn't be any more anti-LBGTQ than to deny her own sister, you know, her own rights. So that's fundamentally what they were all about until... Trump came along and then Trump came along and that wasn't good enough. We had to go from a democracy to, um, I don't know what he was trying, a banana republic. I'm not sure what he was trying to do. And watching Trump manipulate people still, Kevin McCarthy, uh, I'm looking at you, um, and still drawing people, 
you know, drawing that split larger and larger. Yeah, I'd rather have the people who whose plan we've known about forever, you know, um, regulating women's bodies. We'll go back to that because in, in who uses what bathroom, because that is core Republican beliefs rather than this bad crap crazy stuff that that Trump has been brewing for the last year really you know covid fed into that into the conspiracy theories and now we have flaming nutbags trying to take over the government to to uh, upend our democracy it was horrifying to watch and you know my revulsion of dealing with Kinzinger stems from I know where he's trying to go he's trying to moderate himself so he can appeal to a larger vote if he has to run against a larger um, portion of Illinois, he's going to have to pull from the suburbs, from the suburbs, from the the Republicans that live closer to where you live, Ben, than down by me. He's already got them. Well, actually, they're kind of mad at him because they had a rally, uh, rallies throughout the 16th uh, on Saturday, and and your local QAnon with their tattered, you know, Gaston flags and and uh, uh, swastikas and. Uh, alt-right and QAnon BS were there waving their stars and bars, you know, ready to be part of the insurrection, wishing they'd been in Washington that day because if they had been in Washington, they'd be running the country right now. That's where they were coming from. So in Washington Park in a snowstorm in the center of the 16th district is Ottawa, Illinois, sits 150 people that braved the weather to come out. Now, Murray and I know that a lot of these people kind of road trip from one Uh, event to another because then they went up north by Rockford and did it again in a snowstorm just to say how much they hated them but to make them look powerful and the press gave them everything I mean our local press is open is owned by uh you know a right wing um news outlet so of course they're going to get give them everything local radio stations are out there giving them everything because they also fall into this right-handed uh new slant you know we don't have the fairness doctrine anymore to say hey wait a minute you know why are these people really out there they're out there in a conspiracy the stop the steel rally happened again in ottawa illinois saturday so you know yeah kinzinger is the best they have to offer right now i'm afraid to say You know, um, I guess I, I do. I totally see uh, what you were saying, Ben. I I think you're right. It's it's maybe that any court in a storm type of mentality. And uh, you're right, Cheney. I think I posted something about being shocked that she was someone. I was like, oh, good job, right? Uh, <laughs> I really, I was, I was surprised. I'm like, is, is, I know 2020 was bad. Uh, and 2021 is a little wacky, but how wacky is it that I feel compelled to retweet Liz Cheney? Something is wrong in the universe. I think overall you're right. Um, I think that, that we can be appreciative of the fact that regardless of what their rock bottom was, they must've hit it. And they are taking a stand. And I do think you need to uh, appreciate people for that. However, I don't want people to ever forget who they are or what their true intention is. So you're right, Ben, I will give them credit. And it's emotionally tearing to do that, right? To give them credit for anything. You know, like you said in the beginning, all big thems, it breaks my heart. But you have to be able to uh, give them that and then just make sure people don't forget. Who did you vote for? What did you do? What's the behavior you exhibited? And believe me, it's atrocious from yeah. all of them. And, uh, that maybe Mitt Romney. Well, 
he's just the purest, whitest dude ever, right? Like, if, if he were bread, he would be crustless, white bread. I, I tell you the truth. Like, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Marie, you made me laugh on that one. Um, let's get back to uh, sort of the Machiavellian attentions of uh, Adam Kinzinger. All right. So I'm going to start off by saying whatever his motive, this is me speaking, Whatever his motive, I appreciate the stand he's taking because I take very serious the threat to democracy uh, that uh, the Trumps, that MAGA represents, okay? And I didn't have this, you know, I, I, Heidi and Murray, I've been on the losing side of so many national elections down to the end. I mean, I, like Reagan and uh, Daddy Bush and Baby Bush and Nixon. I mean, but I didn't have this existential fear that I have now because I didn't get the sense that um, there was a mob ready to impose its will uh, on people, even if uh, in contradiction to what the election was. So I, I, I take this as a very existential crisis. So I appreciate the stand he's taking. But I don't understand quite where uh, his strategy, how his strategy will work. And help me with this, uh, Murray and Heidi, get your thoughts on this. Because I, I agree with you that it's probably his objective is to run against Tammy Duckworth. And she will be up if, uh, when will she be up? In 20... 22, I think. Wow. Damn, Damn it's right around the corner. Yeah. Uh, so petitions will have to go out this September. Right. Um, so I just don't see how that works. Number one, I can't see like like uh, Heidi just pointed out. You have folks like the Republican Party in LaSalle County is censoring Kinsinger or proposing yeah. to censor him. You no, have they did. They, they, did. Did, they did censor him. OK, which is so bizarre. They, they got people in, uh, uh, talk about cancel culture. You know, they're always crying about cancel culture. Kinsinger says something they disagree with, they go to cancel. But, and then you have, like you said, folks in Ottawa with the sit-ins. How could he possibly win the Republican primary? Uh, oh, go ahead. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll take this one to start if you don't mind. Uh, yeah, well, he can win the Republican primary by pulling uh, those people who are in the middle, who voted both ways. He is uh, what the what they would like. And believe it or not, there are large concentrations of Trump avid, rabid supporters in urban areas. And um, you're right. That's a threat for him because he is coming out against that. But what he's also doing is he's putting himself, like Heidi said, in a much more appealing situation for those Oberweiss voters that almost voted out Lauren yeah. for those. We, we, we feel I've noticed, you know, we've, I've always felt pretty comfortable in Illinois being blue. You know, we've had, you know, some governors and whatnot, but overall we've been predominantly democratic and this last election cycle, the House and the Senate, uh, you know, you're usually watching those races pretty close, the state ones. And I wasn't seeing the effort put in by the GOP to help out the Illinois GOP to help out those races. And I was really trying to figure out where they were because they weren't popping up in county lines and you weren't seeing and, and they're at the congressional level. 
they're pushing for every seat. They've reshifted their focus, I think. And I think, Adam, when the dust settles, I mean, right now, a poll was released yesterday and Trump's approval among Republicans has dropped 20 percent since Inauguration Day. So we're seeing that happen. The Liz Cheney vote, right? You uh, saw yesterday they chose to keep her in power by doing a secret ballot so nobody could, you know. But there is definitely the understanding that the supporters aren't going to stick with the crazy bananas. And I think Kinzinger's planning on using this, I'm a cute fly boy, look at everything I've done, I'm middle of the road, to get anybody who's angry about progressives, anybody who's to catch that wave that'll come from the backlash of having. Mm. I don't know, that's that's how, that's what his You know, living out here, uh, actually out here, Maria, it was a red tidal wave and and our county was decimated with red. Um, Maybe up in your area, it wasn't as bad because you live a little further north and east of me. However, down here, everything's awash in red. There was a big Trump wave downstate. So, but what, and that brings me back to, to this whole thing with Kinzinger and what's going on with the censure and so on. You have to remember that when we had the audacity to elect a half white man from Illinois to become president, meaning Barack Obama, when we had the audacity to do that, the Koch brothers, and now there's only one left, poured a great deal of money into creating the Tea Party and making it be the Joe the, Joe the Plumber Party, right? So the Tea Party uh, got a lot of energy uh, put into it right in this part of Illinois and downstate. It brought us Bruce Rauner. We would not have had Bruce Rauner if it hadn't been for the Illinois Tea Party. And these are people that will vote are no matter what they're saying right now they're not going to vote for a democrat they are not they are so stuck you could you could put a republican out there that says i'm going to um you know sleep with prostitutes in the middle of of the street and you there's nothing you can do about it uh to a democrat that's like hey we're going to refund we're going to bring back fair tax and and properly fund our schools once and for all um and lower your property taxes and they'll still vote for the guy that's going to sleep for prostitutes with prostitutes because he's got an r after his name that is the problem that we're working on uh through indivisible trying to help Uh, address these rule concerns trying to find that common ground but because it's so entrenched in these people out here to vote red vote red vote red vote red and they will overlook this i believe when it comes to kinzinger running for a higher office because their alternative is a democrat and god knows they can't go there exactly heidi oh definitely they may and there was 150 that stood up and protested Adam Kinzinger's actions, you know, voting for impeachment, uh, only 150. And that is not a large percentage. We remember that like there is a 30, there's now like a 40% chunk of the Republican party that falls into that Marjorie Taylor green pathway, that radical, Q combined with white supremacy, you know, menagerie that they have going on. But there are still 60% of the of that party that would much rather have an Adam than a Nutter, Darren Maybe Bailey downstate and or any Democrat. So he's definitely All got right. a path. You, you, you're raising some compelling points. Uh, I, 
again, if Adam Kinzer has a greater ambition, and I, I want to say it I, uh, before I sign on to 2022 with uh, Tammy Duckworth. So she won in 2016. Is that when she was victorious? Uh, am I correct I in that? So. 2016? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, because she defeated Mark Kirk, correct? Right. Yes. And yes. he was 2000. So it was 2016. So you're absolutely correct. It's 2022. So do you think, I'll throw this one at you, that Adam Kissinger is so ambitious and that his media handlers are so savvy that in order to get him elected statewide, in the state of Illinois, they would actually move him to what we would call the left or the center on abortion Absolutely. rights. Absolutely. Oh, not Without on abortion a doubt. rights. Not on abortion rights. No, you? not he would say no. Oh, what what I meant was he would not actually follow through, but he would most no. definitely give lip service no, to all of those buzzwords without crossing that line. He would walk. I mean, we know he wouldn't. Go for it, but I, I guarantee you, he will moderate all of that. We've seen him do no. it before. I swear he will. He will moderate it enough to keep with a wink, wink for his pro birthers, Murray, and yeah. uh, maybe he might not be for those that aren't. Obsessed he pulled. With it. He pulled the Hyde Amendment out of nowhere to uh, to speak to his base to his. His, he pulls um, crap out of nowhere all the I know, time. but that's so he could start pulling back some of these people that had gone too far right to the extremist point of view. He pulled the Hyde Amendment out of nowhere to bring it forward. You know, that was part of his argument yeah, against true. the ACA and the expansion of Medicaid, which just gives poor women a chance to just be, you know, human like the rest of us. So he pulls this up out of nowhere uh, pandering, pandering and, and banging the drum, the, the right to life. I'm a, you know, I'm a Christian, I'm a Catholic, I'm a this, I'm a that, I'm a pro-life person and you're never going to change me. But then you have uh, his uncle set, for, set forth a petition uh, throughout his family asking everybody can, to condemn him, saying that he's now the part of the devil's army. Oh my. So, yeah, so you got to wonder, I mean, the family dynamics at his house. <laughs> Thanksgiving at the Kinsingers. <laughs> but again, remember, anyone can reinvent themselves. Yeah, people Madonna. have very short memories, which is why I want to make sure we don't forget that he isn't who he says he is. Yeah. We forget, and especially when you're in crisis or you need something new or you're looking for something, it's easy to be able and buy that lie. We want to be lied to as human beings. And I just want, you know, that he can reinvent himself. And it wouldn't surprise me at all if he wasn't able to do that. See, and thinking, yeah, now that he's married to her, he's got the savvy behind him. All right. So here's the challenge that a Republican has in Illinois. Uh, this is, um, and I've seen maps. I just, the map, the, the maps, uh, Rich Miller had the maps, uh, of Durban's last wins mm -hmm. uh, in 2020 victory, as opposed to Durban's uh, victory the first time he ran, which was in the 1990s, and how more and more he's become dependent on Chicago, Cook yeah. County, and DuPage County. Uh, and the rest of the state is becoming red, red, red. Heartland Mama country is red, red, red. Yep. And uh, so, but the challenge for the Republicans is 
that red, red, red is not enough on its own to win the state. So you have to pull some votes from DuPage and you have to pull some votes from Suburban Cook and eh, Chicago, eh, forget them. Uh, Maybe everything you get out of Chicago helps. But you can't do that by being vehemently anti-choice. Like so, with the uh, game Rauner played, and you guys remember this. You remember Bruce Rauner, yes. That and he got in trouble with Terry Cosgrove, uh, personal pack, where he sent out that message: "Don't listen to the Dems. I'm pro-choice. I get, literally gave I gave money to Planned Parenthood. My wife and I contributed money to play, and Diana Rauner put those ads out there. Don't. And then of course he. he when he made that move to defend his position as a pro uh, uh, choicer, Jeannie Ives got so mad she ran against him. So that's the challenge that Adam Kinzinger faces. When he runs, uh, he's either going to have to go Murray, with Murray, follow Murray's advice. Yeah, I know no. literally you're not giving him the advice, but to quote unquote stitch together some kind of a rhetoric that would cover him in DuPage County. Uh, but it's going to be really hard, Heidi, given he's been so adamant all these years. Just, Go ahead. He doubles and triples down on that point all the time. And hey, he needed the crazies, the ones that were turning Q uh, back in, in July, August, September, when Murray and I were really starting to see it bubble up out here. And when we had police officers uh, in LaSalle, Illinois, that came forward as QAnon, um, members, and yet there's on the police force. Um, and we see this in our local sheriff's department and law enforcement throughout this area. So after seeing that, but those were the people he was courting and he needed them to win against Danny Babe. Danny had, a, you know, a leftist perspective and, and you know, unfortunately, um, the term democratic socialist is not going to go well out here. People don't understand what that means and they're not, they hear the term socialist and they don't understand that that is, you know, the the social welfare of the country, of the of the needs of everyone, not just the one percenters. And unfortunately, with Danny, that was an easy thing. And he didn't even really run against her. You know, he just pandered to his base and let them the crazies put him in office again. And then he's like, oh, I'm going to be out of jo- out of a job in two years. I better do something else. You know, he's the cheese that stands alone. So. <laughs> Uh, by the way, you mentioned that. Let's get into this. Uh, yeah. We will have plenty of time to discuss uh, Adam Kinzinger's political future. There's always a possibility it could go third party. What do you think of that before I uh, go to redistricting? Third party? What are your thoughts, Mariko? Um, that he would go third party? Yes. That, that, that the GOP would split into two factions, like third that, party. That, yeah, that uh, Adam Kinzinger would come to the decision that it's not in his best interest to, to remain uh, part of the lunatic uh, Republican. He's already kind of heading there with that rhetoric. And he just says, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to um, cut the cord. They're crazy. Uh, and I'm running as the uh, Adam Kinzinger party uh, and then the hopes that, you know, like the Republicans and the Democrats would split the vote or whatever, and he could pick up enough. He still would have the problem on abortion in, in DuPage County. Uh, ter- the Terry Cosgroves of the world are not going to let him off the hook. Uh, so I don't know. Do you think a third party it is? is I, 
it wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities at all. In fact, when I saw his pack pop up, that was one of the first things I thought was um, this is going to go a couple of ways. One of them is they're either going to split off or enough of the fervor will die down and enough of truth will be out there without as much amplification that perhaps it'll settle back into some sense of normalcy. Uh, I wouldn't put it past him at all. He has the hubris to believe that he could start a third party and make it successful. Um, so yeah, that, that wouldn't surprise me, but I don't think he would be able, he would definitely not be able to do it in Illinois and successfully run unless they had established a third party system and network and do it. We really don't, we don't have a strong, I mean, the libertarians are probably the strongest. And if he decided to run as a libertarian, he would just split the Republican vote because that's what they usually do. So I don't, any split in the Republican party is not going to pull votes from Democrats. It's going to pull votes from Republicans because those are, you're making it all about party instead of all about issue at that point. All right, let's go to redistricting. Uh, as I was telling Heidi, I had Erica Weaver on the show uh, last week, and she was the congressional candidate. She was the Murray Briel of the, um, let me do this, 15th congressional district. Uh, uh, she ran against Mary Miller. Uh, heck of a job, voters in the 15th congressional. You elected the lady who said, quote, uh, Hitler was right. Uh, good job, voters. Uh, but I'm sorry, Murray, for shaming the voters. I won't do that anymore. Uh, anyway, she, she raised a very <laughs> she raised You a can very, shame them all you want. They deserve it, man. What the hell are they thinking? I don't know. Like, seriously, uh, look at Marjorie Taylor like, like, like Mary Miller, like Marjorie Taylor Green. The, the people voted for them. I, you know, I, like, who the, why are you crazy? That's what we well, need to do. We need to fix the knuckle that are voting for these green hand whack-a-moles. Yeah, green uh, had no opponent, so, but, but. Uh. Yeah, but, okay, so anyway, so Erica pointed out that uh, we're right around the corner for redistricting, congressional redistricting. It uh, happens when we reapportion the, the, the maps. And, um, I mean, the impact, which she pointed out to me, is how it, gerrymandered our congressional districts are now uh, so that really when I talk about the 16th, I sent this to, uh, to Heidi Murray. In my mind, the 16th congressional district is up north near Rockford, and uh, yep. it, it, that's my head. I always think of northern Illinois, border with Wisconsin is the 16th. But when you take a look at that, baby, that sucker is so bizarre. It goes around Chicago to Indiana and yep. bypassing the 15th, which is coming up from downstate. Uh, it's it's an attempt to preserve the incumbency of Democrats because it was Democrats who drew the map, but essentially preserves some enclaves for Republicans. Like the 16th is very difficult, Murray Briel, and you know this better than anyone. Oh, yeah. To, for a Democrat to win in. So what do you think the impact of redistricting will be on these congressional districts? Go ahead. We'll start with Murray. They go to Heidi. Uh, I, we're definitely going to lose a seat. Um, I don't know what the final census numbers are, so it means two. I know that many of the congressional reps, it's interesting, um, long about 2017, they start thinking, oh, uh, oh, well, we better be really nice to our state legislators and get active and involved so we can get a good district. Uh, the activity level and involvement amps up before redistricting, for sure. If we're going to lose one, uh, the 16th is a prime seat, or we are going to lose one, and the 16th is a prime seat to go. You could sweep the Sycamore-Morris area into uh, Lauren Underwood's district. 
You could pick up the northern part for Sherry Bustos' district. And since she had a real heck of a tight race, which was completely unexpected, she'd appreciate that, at least the Democratic part, because, you know, you're right, they do gerrymander it. And then we could just cut the bottom part of that district from, like, Livingston County on and put it down to the southern. Whatever. Then we'd get, you know, more Democratic out of it. So you could uh, gerrymander to preserve uh, a Democratic. Uh, Heidi, your thoughts? Yeah. Well, uh, you know, I know out here all of us would love to be in Lauren Underwood's district, but we know that's probably not going to happen. We know we'll probably be, um, although we're far, far enough north, we we have a better chance to end up in Bustos or Underwood's district than we do in, oh God, if we're in Mary Miller's district. Mary Miller. <laughs> and I'm just hoping somebody runs against her, you know? So, I mean, I'm okay, sure. Ben, I will. don't want to see it gerrymandered, but I do have to say that uh, you know, I would rather have it gerrymandered and not have a Mary Miller yes. or an Arthur or whatever that nut job was, who was an avowed Nazi that got a hundred thousand votes when he ran against Lipinski two years ago, than have uh, one of them. Well, so. this this is. I mean, I will now make an argument uh, in favor of fair maps, uh, which I usually oh, throw throughout the window because it only works if it's na- nationwide. If you if you only cherry pick, I always tell this to my uh, do gooder friends of you know in Illinois. You oh you want to do fair maps in Illinois? Let's do it in Wisconsin and Michigan, where the Republicans gerrymandered in their favor. But if you had a fair map, yep. in my humble opinion, the any candidate who said Hitler was right could not get elected. I just I got, I'd like to believe that. Maybe I'm being a little optimistic, but I just got to believe that most people would say no. That's an intolerable comment, and if you don't really come out and explain it and apologize that she hasn't. I mean, she basically blamed the press for calling attention to it. Um, then you won't get elected. And so, so I think like if you, uh, that I'm with you hundred percent, uh, Murray Briel, I would much prefer if like, if we're going to have a gerrymandered district, I just go with the Democrat and not have to deal with the Mary Millers of the world. But, uh, Um, I don't, we're, we're obviously not in a fair map situation. The Democrats will be drawing this map. Right. And, um, so, uh, all right, let's, uh, move on. And I wanted to hear what the, um, the Heartland mom was going to be dragged, uh, kicking and screaming in, uh, to the Chicago, uh, uh, CTU battle with mayor Lori Lightfoot. <laughs> I, I had a conversation with Heidi on this a little bit. Uh, and, and Heidi, before, before you give, uh, your, your thoughts on the dispute between the CTU and the mayor here in Chicago, whether we should reopen the schools. Just tell folks, like you you've, you referred to where you are, live, just yeah. give folks a sense on the map uh, where you are. And then, Murray, you give the same for yourself. Because people need to know uh, that the Heartland Mamas are not like living across the street from one another. You represent different territories. Go ahead. We'll start with you, Heidi. Well, if you looked at uh, a map of the state of Illinois and you see where I-39 and I-80 come together, I'm just a slight bit east of there. So 20, oh, I'm trying to think, probably about 45 minutes west of of Maria along Interstate 80. I couldn't be more in the middle of the state. So, but in the northern half of of the state, because I'm, I'm, you know, that I-80 thing is two miles from my house. So, What's the biggest town near you? 
I'm I'm right between because I live in a little town called Marseilles, which used to have our the only radar station uh, 30 years ago, but that Doppler has taken that away. So I live halfway between Morris and halfway between Ottawa, Illinois. So I I can walk to Grundy County, but I live in LaSalle County, you know. So. <laughs> So uh, schools are open there, correct? Public schools, schools are, are open. Schools are open, and I teach horseback riding lessons. That's what I do for a living. I'm a horse trainer and a riding instructor. I have a horse farm. And during COVID, once we start, the state started to open up again in June, the one thing that you could do uh, was horseback riding. So you could do it because we're mostly outside, and we can socially distance uh, one, one another. In fact, we have pool noodles to make sure that we're six feet apart you know, they have to touch pool noodles <laughs> when we're in a group setting. So I have kids, like I always have homeschool kids, but now I have kids that are using this as their um, physical fitness uh, credit. So they come out and sometimes they'll s- send a video or a picture to their teacher. And I get kids from all the way up by Chicago, down by Pontiac, uh, which is far south for me, Um what, you know, because the horse farms are kind of a dying thing anymore. It's it's so expensive. So I get kids from all different school districts. The other day we had kids out here from eight different school districts. Some were on remote, some were on hybrid, some were in school part of the time, uh, some were in school full time. And I even have one student who is from St. Charles but moved to Ottawa or took an address in Ottawa so they could go um to a really tiny school called Rutland that's out in the middle of the country because they were open and they ended up with COVID. But every week, every week, and I feel so sorry for these CTU teachers, every week I have found out that I've been exposed to COVID again. I have, I double mask when I'm teaching. So, you know, I have a microphone so people can hear me. Uh, I find out that um, one of my students, right after they left, all of a sudden started running a fever um, that they've been exposed and are on quarantine, that uh, somebody in their family has died from COVID or is sick with COVID. It happens. It's beating the tar out of my business because I depend on people coming every week for lessons. And there's times that we've had to self-quarantine because I literally was near somebody who, uh, a little girl, four hours later, that was around Thanksgiving that came down with uh, COVID-19. She was sick. She had to have been sick and not showing symptoms when she was here. So we had to shut everything down and, and uh, um, you know, quarantine ourselves and, and sterilize everything in the barn. And because um, there's no air purifiers, we have the doors open in my indoor riding arena. That's our air purifier. You know, And the fact that we're, I mean, the only thing that saves me, Ben, is I'm always, they're up on a horse and I'm down on the ground. Mm. And I stay away from them, you know? So when they're done, they flip me the reins. I have my gloves on, they leave. I take spray the everything down with, um, with the stuff called pulverize, which is a sanitizer and put everything away. And then before I go in my house, I take off my shoes and my gloves and my mask and throw the mask out. I mean, that's just, that's like my life right now. I can't imagine teachers going to school every day in an enclosed space, having to deal with I ha- what I have to deal with in a horse barn. That is absolutely ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you said earlier today about kids that have missed school play. My daughter was an elite thrower for Seneca High School. She went downstate all four years uh, of high school to throw shot, put her discus or both. She uh, went down in junior high. That was her 
life. She sang, she was in band, she had um, volleyball, soccer, all kinds of things. It would have been really hard for her to, I mean, this year it was hard on the kids here because there was no show season. Everything was canceled. And I look at these these kids and I realize that they've lost a lot, but they could lose their lives. I mean, Murray and I talk about the variants all the time that cause them to have swelling four to six weeks later in amputations or uh, the loss of vision or, or um, kidneys that shut down or heart disease that lasts forever. My God, my kids, I only have two of them, two, and they're adults now, they're like Dennis's age, and <laughs> they're too precious to me to put out there into that situation. I, you know, I don't know. I sure wouldn't want to be a teacher right now in the Chicago public schools. I just can't uh, even imagine. Before we go to Murray, I have to. Uh, Sorry. To, no, some, that was a great riff. And when you were talking about your daughter, the thrower, I was a track coach forever. I love track and field. And I feel bad for the kids who miss their season. So this is what I've been saying all along. This pandemic won't last forever. Right. As horribly as they've been rolling out the vaccine. And it is that's the biggest crime of them all. Yeah. Eventually, I presume everyone will be vaccinated. So, guys, can we bring back the season for the kids who lost it? What if we have the vaccine by the summer? We can have a track season in the summer. Yeah. They just want to look at it like they want to go back to the old way, Heidi. You know what I'm saying? I'm, just like, I'm thinking, like, well, why do kids have to lose uh, their opportunity to be in the school play? Why can't we open the schools during the summer to like give kids an opportunity to be do a school? Okay, let's do West Side Story. We couldn't do it this year because of the pandemic. Now let's do it during the summer. Oh, that would cost money. Oh, well, we don't want to spend money on these freaking kids. We just want to use them in our fight against the Chicago Teachers Union. Exactly. <laughs> you know? So it's like, but I'm with you. I, when you talked about your daughter, the thrower, like if you're a shot putter, and I'm going on a tangent. I'm sorry, but we—that is it. That's your moment. You get to go down to Charleston. You get to go to Eastern Illinois. You get to throw right. that. That's that's like that's your moment. You lose that. That's it. It's gone. And I'm with you 100. percent I say, win this freaking thing over. You believe in those kids? Have a track championship in the summer. All right. I'm sorry. Hurry. Go ahead. Your thoughts. <laughs> you know, I, we've followed this really closely and I have a lot of friends who are teachers and part of different groups. And um, it's, it's an interesting plain field. Uh, now I live in Will County, so I am on the upper portion of Will County uh, in Joliet, right next to Plainfield. But my kids go to Plainfield schools and I have three students, a senior, a sophomore and a sixth grader. And if you want to talk about missing, the senior missed half of his junior year and has missed all his senior year. Yeah. You know, he, he, uh, so, so I, I understand and you would hope that was the intention last summer was to have a prom and to have a graduation and to push the seasons back. But as we know, the COVID didn't get any better. So they had to postpone those things and then the kids lost out on them. And, while I understand the kids might lose out on them, I don't believe that's enough reason to put people at risk. Um, if, if we want the kids back in school, 100%, then you make sure that the rooms are not going to be overcrowded, that the bus procedures are better than what they are, that you, um, and, and that's another thing, when we're talking about a lot of districts are going hybrid, right? And, and that, I think is even more of a crime than going back in person on teachers 
Because not only do teachers have to teach the class they were teaching remote via Zoom, but they also have to teach and engage the kids that are in their classroom and keep an eye on the kids that aren't in their classroom with two different methods of teaching. And those kids who are there, they've at least in Plainfield, they've shortened the days even more. So it was a compressed schedule because of rules in the state of Illinois on how long uh, kids can be in front of screen time. So the day is compressed. And then when they went back to hybrid, which we're just starting, so we'll get a chance to really see a an actual case study evolving down here in Plainfield. Keep your eye on the numbers. We'll see what happens. Uh My kids are not. Okay. My kids are total, even my senior, they're like, no, man, I'm good. I I got college coming. I'm cool. I can wait, which is fine. But the burden that's on these teachers and it's not even the teachers. It's that there are so many kids who, because of just being young or ADHD or whatever would have problems with their masks, not to mention all of the rhetoric that these anti-masker parents have filtered in kids' heads. Um, And you know that it isn't safe. And if you're going to put teachers in that situation, damn well better protect them. You know, close the bars, make sure that the, and the restaurants, make sure that the kids, the teachers are vaccinated, let the vaccine kick in. And quite honestly, if you if they move to hybrid, like all of the districts are doing, you're putting greater burden on the teachers, greater financial burden on them. You know you don't have what you need to properly protect the teachers and the kids. So what's two more months? Like you said, Ben, what's having graduation in July? What's having uh, a city basketball tournament? Nothing. Wait, finish the year remote. Let everybody come out safely. And when we have a better handle on this crap, we can start again because the whole world is in the same position that we're in. And we, we place this expectation, this societal expectation that everything is supposed to move on this timeline. Well, guess what? The universe doesn't have a timeline. The world doesn't have a timeline. And we have to adjust to that if we want to do what's best for our children and our teachers. I was well put. Go ahead. I want to add one thing since we've opened up the the state for school sports again. Uh, Since we've done that, I've had eight girls volleyball players out uh, either in quarantine or with COVID. And I've had one of my employees, boys basketball, out uh, with COVID and um it's just like now we're mixing these kids and this has just been a couple of weeks. We're putting these kids together. We're, you know, panting, we're slapping spit, we're, you know, hitting the ball back and forth and these kids are getting sick and these kids are, you know, quarantining. I don't know how you can have a sports season when half your team has to stay home mm-hmm. and they're starting inner school. Is it interscholastic? It's been a while since I've been out, yeah. but they're playing other teams at other yeah. schools. And I know the one, the one kid said to me today or yesterday, you know, it's really a shame because um, such and such school doesn't allow anybody uh, into any fans to come in and watch. And our school is letting uh, two people per, um, per student player. And I thought, yeah, if it were me, you guys wouldn't be playing at all. So. <laughs> <laughs> They're lucky that Heidi Henry's not running this data. Anyway, listen to Harlem Mamas. We got to get going. Before we leave, uh, tell everybody how they can listen uh, to the Harlem Mamas podcast and uh, all that good stuff. Uh, so I don't ben, care whichever wants to talk. Thank you so much for having us on. We absolutely adore being with you. Um, you can find the Heartland Mamas 
everywhere you get your favorite podcasts. We are hilarious to watch on YouTube because my faces are funny and we're usually chasing chickens or something. So it's kind of amusing. But every Tuesday and Thursday, Central Standard Time, we do our show live at three o'clock. And one day, Mr. Ben, you're going to have to come on our show. Okay. And uh, we would love to have you on. So please check us, like us out right now. We're currently in the middle of doing a series on the rise of right wing nationalism. And we're encompassing feminine nationalism with worldwide um, characters like Marie Le Pen. We're talking about co-opting women's movements for the conservative purpose. Uh, and we're going into the history of women in uh, right-wing roles. And so we'll be doing that series. So tune in, find us every year, your, your podcast. And it's Heartland Mamas. M-A-M-A-S dot com. And we're on at three o'clock today on the Facebook live stream. Here so. we go. Thanks Come again, on. Ben, for having us. Thanks, Dr. D. We love you. You're welcome. All right. Take care, Murray and Heidi, <laughs> the Heartland Mamas. And uh, speaking of Dr. D, do you got any updates for us before we head out that door? Uh, yeah, we have a few. Hang tight. I'm ending our meeting with Heidi and Murray. Not a doctor. Um, How <laughs> <laughs> to say that? You know, <laughs> name's Dennis. Still waiting for people to call me that one. Um, that's it. I don't have any updates. Remember, you can uh, find uh, previous Ben Jarofsky shows, Benny J bonus interviews, so much more, chicagoreader.com and wherever else you download podcasts. Uh, you can find us online at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, you can call us like Doogie did today. Talking about dibs. You can talk about dibs or whatever you want. 708-658-4788. And for those who listen on the download, we encourage you to check out the live stream sometime. Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time at the Chicago Reader YouTube channel. Boy, I like those Heartland Mamas. Love the Heartland Mamas. They're awesome. And it's got to bring them back more uh, frequently. Uh, And... um, yeah, they tell it like it is. I oh, uh, want to thank you. And real quick, Michael Girardi just reached out. Uh, he has made songs for our program, The Ben Jarofsky Show. And uh, he asked if the Heartland Mamas need any music. I'll reach out to the Heartland Mamas, Michael, and I'll see if uh, they need any uh, some Girardi cuts. Absolutely. I'll be awesome. Oh, my God. Uh, Michael Girardi uh, writing songs for the Heartland Mamas. That'd be great. <laughs> Heartland Mamas song. Uh, I want to thank the Heartland Mamas, Murray Briel and Heidi Henry. Uh, two true New Deal Democrats in the middle of Trump country. God bless them. And of course, want to thank the man, the myth, the legend, the pride of Joy Balton, Illinois, without whom the show would be possible. And as the Heartland Mamas, Michael Girardi, Frank, and Stefan Esposito will tell you, back home in Alton, they call him White Lightning. Give yourself a raise, take it out of petty cash. See you tomorrow, everybody. Good afternoon, everyone. Good afternoon, everyone.